Ladies and gentlemen, now entering the basement wing in at 237 pounds, he is your host, the man in the mirror, Jordan Tyler Wallenberg. Welcome to Wazzas! Let's get fucking listening, baby! It's me, it's your man, it's Ol' Walls. It's your host, it's your main man, it's me, it's Ol' Walls. I'm back, I'm back again. Ladies and gentlemen, episode number 63 of Ol' Walls House. 63 times we've done this. What an episode we have coming your way this week. For episode 63. Guests galore. We got four guests this week. Four guests. Got more NCAA tournament to talk about. We're going to talk the state of the golf world with Deep Dish. We got uh, the Place Brothers back with us this week for the NCAA tournament. And Bucky Appley's returning to join us after he blew us off last week. So fun, fun, uh, fun discussion coming up. Before we get there, you guys know what we do. The housekeeping. If you could, could you please rate, review, Comment, subscribe, share, tell a friend, let people know about it. Old Wall's house. It's the place to be. Don't miss out. So, without any further ado, let's get into it. Okay, welcoming back. We are bringing back Zach and Nick. We're, uh, we're going to try and redeem ourselves. We had a rough start, so we got Zach Place and Big Daddy Nick Place here. Uh, since we were so poor this opening weekend, uh, it was a 22-29-1 opening weekend for us. We decided to bring in a new set of eyes. We went to the bullpen. We're bringing back Mr. Bucky Appley. Bucky's going to join us and hopefully see if he can add some uh, some life to this poor, poor showing we've been putting on. So, uh, Bucky, welcome. Welcome, friend. Thank you, sir. Zach, how you doing tonight? I'm all right. How are you doing? Oh, wonderful. And uh, Big Daddy, how's it going? It's going great. It's fantastic. Awesome. You guys got any thoughts from the first weekend? Uh, we, like I said, 22, 29, and 1. Not great. We took a couple of really, really bad beats in there. Specifically uh, one last night in Gonzaga when they decided to let TCU just fucking roll the ball up the floor with .7 seconds left. Any other uh, highlights or lowlights? <clears throat> I, got, I got one. We got ditched last weekend by Eric Appley, and he's not even tan. Are we sure that he actually went to Hilton Head? So it barely hit 70 degrees in Hilton Head. Um, I was wearing – a couple days it was like 45 degrees. Um, I was definitely in Hilton Head, though. There's no okay. doubt. All right, all right. Other than that, yeah, we got uh, the backdoor bad beat. We were all over Scott Van Pelt show every night. Mm-hmm. Daddy, I I think you summed it up pretty well. The one that really set me off was the the Texas A and M Community College three hit the buzzer against Alabama to cover. That meant absolutely nothing. Yeah, those are always fun. <clears throat> that happened not, against Texas as well, too. Not as bad as did anyone watch Eastern Washington last night? No, uh, they. Hit a 
ESPN was showing the coaches shaking hands. No one saw it go in, and the score just changed to cover the spread. What is Eastern Washington even playing in? I think the NIT, I don't know. It was all over this morning. You have a fucking problem, man. You need to address something in your life. Degenerate, degenerate Twitter. That's where my algorithm's at right now. What What is in that algorithm? Like, what is popping up for you? A lot of, well, how, there was a lot of how to quit gambling after the weekend that I had it, personally. So, just... It gave me a bunch of people in the same boat as me, so I, I didn't uh, jump off a bridge. Did any of them also try and fight an old man this weekend? No. He was 60 years old, and he was just, it wasn't fun. I, I was good. I walked away. But he was yelling at me because I was cheering for Penn State. The state of Minnesota does not like Penn State. Uh, I'm sure you were just cheering, you know, quietly and reserved. We were the only two people yelling at the TV while they all watched hockey because we're in the great state of hockey, and so I didn't care anything about that. Oh, shit. All right, well, enough about the week that was. We're here to turn the page. We're talking about this week. We got ourselves, uh, what do we got, eight games Thursday and Friday, four a night. Sweet 16 is underway. Let's just go right to the first game Thursday night. Michigan State, the seven seed, heading uh, up against the number, the three seed, Kansas. Wait. Kansas? No, Kansas is the one. Kansas State. Oh, Kansas Kansas State. State. There we go. There we go. I'm so confused. I don't even know who the fuck's left. Um, Michigan State, minus one and a half. Daddy, why don't you start us off with what you think here, my man? I'm taking Kansas State plus the points. I've about had enough of this Michigan State bullshit run. So, Kansas State. I I support that. Izzo still going to get fired. Something's going to happen. I'm going to need a sexual assault claim or hitting a referee in order for that to hit, but we're not ruling it out of the picture. Go Kansas State. Bucky. The problem with Kansas State is that both place brothers just picked them. Um, I was going to pick them. I'm still going to pick them because they have the best player in the game, I think. I don't even know the guy's name, but they have a really good player. And... I can't believe Michigan State's favored in this game. They're just not that good. They had a good weekend. They're not that good. They're going to get figured out, and Kansas State's going to cover the spread and win the game. I, uh, I, I too, am on Kansas State, which means there is no fucking chance they cover. Um, I, I've been, I watched the Michigan State games, as I watched pretty much every game. Except for, except for, by the way, can we figure the fuck out the Saturday and Sunday games that – we have like seven games, eight games on the day, and six of them start after like six o'clock at night. Is that really necessary? Um, we could space it out a little better. Degenerate gamblers bet more late at night. True. Um, it happened. But yeah, I'm 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 with Kansas State too. I've I've seen enough of Michigan State. I just don't think they're that great. So uh, we're on Kansas State getting one and a half. So away we go. Zach, why don't you uh, why don't you lead us off on UConn and Arkansas? That's an eight four matchup. UConn minus three and a half. Um, I'm going to take Arkansas on the points. I'm still going against Danny Hurley and outcoached. I think Arkansas is just realizing their potential from early in the year where they didn't click and uh, they're starting to look good. I'll go next here. We've been on Arkansas every time, and I'm going to stick with it. I like the three and a half here. 
So we got two two for two here. We've not made a you know a pick with any sort of dissent here yet. Daddy, you gonna you gonna break that up for us yet? I am. I'm gonna take UConn minus four. I've been on UConn. I think the first two games of this tournament. I think that they're a dangerous team, and I probably are now my pick to win it all since my oh. my bold claim of Arizona didn't go too well. No, that didn't go well at all. Well, Bucky, it's up to you. I actually cannot stand Arkansas's coach at all. Like, every time he takes his shirt off. Shirt off. Joel Damon. The most punchable person. He also hired the worst assistant in college basketball history. Which makes sense. So we don't like him for obvious reasons, but somehow his teams have always done really well in this tournament. So I'm going to put my money over my heart here, and I'm going to take Arkansas. That means Arkansas plus the three and a half is the group pick. Daddy, you get to uh, lead us off on FAU and Tennessee. I'm seeing five and a half. Tennessee giving five and a half. I'm seeing Tennessee giving five and a half as well. I will take Tennessee giving the five and a half. Um, Realistically, I think Fairleigh Dickinson should have beat Florida Atlantic, except they just don't know how to make a layup. They missed a lot of layups. Um, so I think Florida Atlantic's run is done. I think Tennessee by double digits. Bucky. I disagree. I'm going with Florida Atlantic. Um, the reasoning is Florida Atlantic beat FDU. FDU beat Purdue. So Florida Atlantic has to be the best team in that bracket. <laughs> Zach, you care to take a stab at that fucking logic? <laughs> I can't follow that logic. I'm going to take Tennessee because they're the bigger, stronger, more physical team. FAU's run comes to an end. I'm I'm going to agree with the Place Brothers. I'm on Tennessee here. I think FAU got the you know the the benefit of playing FDU, and while FDU did pull a you know the huge upset, they're obviously not the team. I mean, they didn't even win their conference title. Like they got in by basically like a loophole. So I'm on Tennessee with the with the Place Boys. And uh, that sends us over to Gonzaga and UCLA to finish out Thursday night's game. Uh, Bucky, I think you're going to lead us off on this one. So UCLA has been my pick to win it all for a while. Um, I love this UCLA team. They're fun to watch. They get up and down the court. They're well coached. I'm picking UCLA, and I have no idea what the spread is. Uh, The spread is two and a half. Perfect. Daddy? I second that. I think UCLA is very good. Um, Tiger Campbell's a dog. That's all I have to say. UCLA minus whatever whatever it is you said. Two and a half. He got some dog in him. We like when they got the dog in him. Zach? Uh, UCLA wants to avenge their 2021 loss to Gonzaga, and they're just the better team. I picked them to win my bracket. I have future bets. I have region bets. I have everything on UCLA. This is a problem. Because I too am on UCLA, so we have now we have two unanimous picks in our first four games, which means we so, are so fucked. I need to go hedge all of my future bets. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. All right, we move on to Friday. San Diego State and everybody's favorite shooters, the Alabama Crimson Tide, uh, really got themselves sighted in this weekend. Um, really have found the mark, hit the bullseye pretty well. So. I uh, I think Alabama minus seven and a half is what I'm seeing. 
I think they're going to be too much for San Diego State. I've got them winning it all. I'm sticking with them. You know, you gotta you gotta just stay on stay on line here. So uh, Alabama minus seven and a half is my pick. Bucky, you got uh, you got some thoughts here? Not really. I'll just say roll tide. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm going San Diego State plus seven and a half. Alabama wins the game. San Diego State covers. Uh, physical defense, slow the pace down, uh, draw it out. It'll be a couple possession game free throws at the end. We also technically aren't allowed to take San Diego State here by law. Uh, well, it's all up to Nick. So. I will take Alabama. It pains me. I, I hate Alabama. It's the worst school in the country. But they win big. All right. Uh, Alabama, minus seven and a half. Shoot or shoot, boys. Miami and Houston. Zach, I, I'm seeing neg- my, yeah, minus six and a half for Houston. Oh, yeah, six and a half. That's going to be a game. That's going to be a game. That spread's way too big. I would have expected two and a half or three. Someone um, That is the line, right? It is. That's what I see, too. And if it's going to be that high, it's going to pain me, but I'm going to take Miami. There's just too many points in the matchup where I – Houston's good, but I think they've shown some weaknesses. And seven, I'll take seven points. Daddy, you look deep in thought. I am deep in thought. I'm taking Miami plus. Houston stinks. <laughs> no, they don't. No, they don't. Northern Kentucky should have beat them. Auburn definitely should have beat them. And Miami will beat them. Wow. That's Vicious. strong. Vicious. They did play a close game against Northern Kentucky. Uh, Auburn was beating them the whole game. Like, and then somehow lost by fucking 17. Yeah. Because like, they didn't score for like 10 minutes, it felt like. Yeah, they did not score the last like 12 minutes of the game. Now, Houston stinks. That's all you need to know. Bucky, you care to dispute yeah. Houston stinks? Um, Miami was my first thought. It feels like a trap. It really does feel like a trap. But Daddy has me convinced. I think Houston stinks. And you might even want to take Miami on the money line. A little sprinkle? You definitely want to take Miami. There's no doubt about it. Houston stinks. Great pick. Thank you. We got a problem again, boys. Oh, no. (laughs) I, I do agree with Daddy. Houston stinks. The only reason they beat Auburn was because Auburn, because I've, A, I've put the kiss to death on Auburn. I've been talking all year how I thought they were so awesome. And they literally just fucking didn't score for like 10 minutes in that game. And Miami Auburn has looked. Awesome. No, that they are there not. But, and then Miami looked awesome against Indiana last night. Like just bring in the tempo, bring in the, bring in the, uh, the energy. Jim Laranaga coaching up the boys. I like Miami. Getting six and a half. No good there. No good there. All right. Uh, Zach, Xavier and Texas. A 3 2 matchup. Oh, Princeton Creighton. We're saving that one to last, actually. Oh, you guys. Oh, you should let your guests know. All right. <laughs> Xavier, Texas. I see Xavier plus four and a half. Yeah. Um, I like Xavier. Uh, I kind of support the Big East. I watched that Texas team, cheered very loudly, got into a little vocal altercation, and I don't think they're that good. I mean, if Funk hits, 
any of the wide open threes he had or scores at all, Penn State moves on and we're talking a different game. So give me four and a half points with Xavier. Bucky? Not really. Sean Miller coaches Xavier now. Yeah. Damn. He's a he's a dog. I don't yeah, but how much how bad did they beat Pitt? Wasn't it like somewhat of a game? Yeah, Pitt covered, was in it. Covered. Pitt was down like twenty. They came back to nine and then lost by I think fourteen or something like that. They lost by they eleven. Were, yeah, it was never really that close. What's the spread here? Four and a half. Xavier's the underdog. Xavier's the underdog? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give me points. Yeah. Xavier's probably the pick, so I'm just gonna take Texas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Daddy, you can follow that one up. Uh, I also am gonna take Texas. Um, hook them. Like I said, I I kind of said it on the the show last week. The Big East stinks. They're no good. Um, and Texas beat arguably the best team in the tournament in Penn State. So Texas. Great points. Uh, I don't know that we can say that the Big East stinks. They do have three teams in the Sweet 16. Um, but I'm not I'm not all in on Xavier. Uh, Kennesaw State gave them way too much of a game. They couldn't put Pitt away. They were up like 15 at halftime. I, I believe I have Texas going to the Final Four. I still have three Final Four teams alive in my brackets, and I'm rolling with Texas. I'm going to lay the four and a half, and we're going to take Texas. Hook them horns, Texas. Texas Welcome is the pick. pick. And the Two final... Big East teams. Three. No, we lost Marquette. That would have been four. Who am I missing? You got Xavier, Yukon, and Creighton. Oh. The Big East doesn't really make sense anymore that Creighton's I know. I mean, it's not like the real Big East. They shouldn't be able to call it the Big East. No, they should. We miss we miss the West Virginia Syracuse days. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know that you should consider the West Virginia days of the Big East. Pitt, Georgetown, Pitt, UConn, Cuse, Seton Hall, St. John's, like those guys. Yeah, it was good. The Syracuse UConn Big East tournament, where what's his Diefendorf or whatever stood on the table after hitting a three. It didn't over this one. Yeah, yeah, it did not. That that shot did not count. Really? Did not. The Syracuse won the game. They did. They did. Hell of a game. Johnny Fl- Johnny Flynn played. I think every right. minute of that game. Yeah, Paul Harris played a great game too. You remember when we saw Paul Harris in the Carrier yeah. Dome, and yeah. he is a absolute physical specimen, or at least yeah. was. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh well, we still have one game left to pick. So Bucky, why don't you uh, why don't you lead us off? We got Creighton. Give me nine and a half to the Princeton Tigers. Can Princeton? Do we, many, do we know how many white players will be in the starting lineup? A lot. And I mean, Princeton only has like one significant African American player, and no one can pronounce that dude's name. Is that Eve Bum Yuanman? Yeah, give that one a shot. Ev Ev I mean, how many? It's a lot of points, right? Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Princeton all day. It's Ivy League. Those guys are smart. They've got time to study the film. They're gonna they're gonna figure something out and definitely cover the spread. Probably win the game. Princeton for sure. 
I'm I'm gonna be the first to disagree. Creighton's gonna take it. They're gonna they're gonna win by double digits. They're gonna cover the the Cinderella slippers. Midnight strikes sometime between Sunday and Thursday every year. You get these teams. They get to the Sweet Sixteen. Occasionally, someone gets to the Elite Eight, but it's not gonna be Princeton this year. Creighton covers. Lay the points, Daddy. Princeton covers. Give me nine and a half. The nerds know how to play basketball. <laughs> <coughs> Creighton covers. I'm giving you nine and a half. The Big East moves on. 15 seed done. Creighton's been nine this up since last year, losing to Kansas. They Everybody's back. They're healthy. They win by alternate spread 15 or 16. Ooh, alternate spread. I kind of like some alternate spread. What do we got for a line on that alternate spread? We'll have we'll have to go dig into one. So here's the problem though, is now we have a split. How do we how do we decide this? Boomer. Boomer's Maggie. up there somewhere. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Who else is in Princeton and Creighton's bracket? They are in with Alabama and San Diego State. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're getting targeted, if you will, by Alabama for Right, you wanted you wanted them to go win that, that region? I was I was considering it until you said that they were in with Alabama, and then I kind of retracted my thought. Yeah, but you know what? Fuck it, Princeton to the Final Four. Why not? <laughs> Great pick. Oh no. Um, see, what's the odds on that? That's what you should be betting on. So how how are we deciding uh, Princeton and Creighton here? It's two two. Princeton to win that region. Is plus twenty three hundred. Alabama is minus one thirty five. Alabama and Houston are the only favorites to win a region right now. Well, Princeton to the Final Four could pay for your Arizona golf trip and then some. Buddy. What's What's Houston's odds to win their uh, region? That's it. Alabama and Houston are the only two. But what's the odds minus, for minus one twenty? That's Minus kind of 120 in that region? Yeah. That's kind of nuts. Texas is plus 150. Xavier's plus 500. Miami's plus 800. Damn. What's UConn? The UConn is plus 160. Can we, can we just do a quick segment where we, uh, we each pick our final four with the remaining I was team? just going to actually say we should just do that now that we're, we're like looking at this. Are you gonna make be the deciding factor? It's your podcast, Princeton, or he likes Creighton. I like Creighton. If you're leaving it up to me, I like Creighton. We're leaving it up to you. The roommate's gonna be mad at me. She said she went on a uh, a tour there, and they had a golden elevator for the uh, for the clergy to take, and that the students weren't allowed to take it. And I said, oh, some students took a ride in that elevator for sure, but they they probably didn't have a good time. <laughs> yeah, maybe they did. You, yeah, you never know. <laughs> Uh, Zach, you want to pick your final four first? All right. UCLA, Kansas State, Creighton, Houston. He's taking Creighton. Houston. All right. Daddy, what do you got? I have UConn, Texas, Alabama, and Tennessee. Okay. Bucky? I'm going to need a little help because I don't have a bracket in front of me and I haven't really looked at one. But I'm going to start with UCLA. Okay. 
UCLA, they're coming out of the – this doesn't tell me. West. What, yeah. In the West region. The so West. now you go to the East. You have Tennessee, Kansas State, Michigan State, or Florida Atlantic. Wow. Um, I don't like any of them. Yeah, I that guess, bracket's jacked up. I guess I'll take – well, I picked Kansas State and FAU, right? I'll, I'll take Kansas State. I like it. All right. The <laughs> South. You have Alabama, Creighton, San Diego State, and Princeton. Princeton. <laughs> I shouldn't even read that. Sticking to it. Midwest region is Houston, Texas, Xavier, Miami. Miami, for sure. Man, if you, if you parlay Bucky's picks, you could retire <laughs> early if they hit. You should put that parlay in. Cause I'm gonna I'm gonna do that right now. That that is the I'm official. Going. Let's get it up in this bitch parlay for I'll sure. Tell you what, that that Princeton Miami game is gonna have some. How do I say this? There's gonna be some differences of the boys <laughs> on the court in that game, and it's gonna be real interesting to watch. Oh, oh God! So I guess it's up to me. Uh, I'm going to start in that jacked-up bracket. I'll take Kansas State out of there as well. Um, you know what? No. No, I won't. I'm going to take Tennessee out of that bracket. Uh, I'm sticking with Alabama. They, you know, they're really dead-eyeing it out here to, this year. Um, I like Texas. They're going to get by Miami or Houston after they take care of Xavier. And I'm sticking with UCLA. Chalk, boring. Yeah, I went with the chalk. But hey, you can only have shooters, upsets for so long. Shooters shoot, as they say. Shooters do shoot. <laughs> Ask Alabama, they know. <laughs> uh, boys, you got anything else to add? Let's go UCLA. Yeah, I guess we should all pick a champ while we're at it, too. Like, Daddy? UConn. Give me the Huskies. Ooh, Bucky. As much as I'd love to pick Princeton, <laughs> I have to stick with UCLA. I do have some other closing thoughts, but we can come. I guess we'll probably get an opportunity for that after this. I sure will give you that. Zach? UCLA as well. Right, a couple of UCLAs. I'm sticking with Bama. I've picked them all, all the way through, so we'll stick with them. You got closing thoughts. I mean, you're anxious about it. Just go for it. Well, first of all, what a run by Penn State basketball. I mean, that was awesome for all of us, I think, to see them be competitive and win. Um, a friend, probably a friend of the podcast, our friend Jeff Slanovic, was heavy on TCU. And I just want to point out that they did not make the Sweet 16. Um, so, shocker, add that to the list. After Jeff- he was texting us in the first half. Calling out, he not only texted us, he texted us and called out the podcast. He said, great first half by TCU at OWH in our text thread. So, fuck you, Slano. Yep, yep. And another basketball guru that I'm good friends with, J.B. Sullivan, he told me that Purdue was going to win it all. So I just want to point out that another analyst was incorrect. That's all I got. Cool. Daddy, what do you got? I have no closing thoughts. Eric just summed it up very well. 
Interesting. Okay. I think I accidentally muted Zach. That's fine. You can keep it that way. I did. Um, I muted him, and I'm not sure how I unmute him. So. But you did mute me. Oh, I didn't mute you. Yeah, you were giving us some feedback there, so I had to mute you for a second. Uh, you got any passing uh, closing thoughts there, Big Dog? I just hope to go positive this weekend. Yeah, we need it. 22-29-1. Not great. We may be selling some blood or some organs before the Arizona trip if we don't win this weekend. Just pick Princeton, buddy. It'll all come back. Get the Princeton, Miami, Kansas State, and UCLA parlay going. Uh-huh. Uh, I have no closing thoughts other than I fucking love the tournament. I take Thursday off and Thursday and Friday off and drink way too much beer and sit in my couch and don't move. I could deal with the refs, like, chilling the fuck out a little bit. But other than that, it was an incredible tournament. Mr. Referee up here, Bucky Appley, is uh, shaking his head at me. But I'm so upset by that statement, but I'll, I'm just going to pass. <laughs> no, don't pass. What do you got? What's our issue with the refs? I felt like there was a – and, hey, this could be, like, chalked up to the way the game is played today, too. Maybe it's not. I, I'll, I'll backpedal a touch. I just don't want the game to fucking stop every two seconds. So maybe the players should quit fouling, too. Now, now we agree. But we don't need to call fucking everything, so. All right. Fair enough. All right, that's all I have, gentlemen. Anything else out of you guys? Daddy, you look like you're about to fall asleep, big guy. Uh, it's getting late here on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, I appreciate you uh, stopping in this week, and uh, I, I'm hopefully we can all come back next week to recap and talk Final Four, unless you know Bucky's schedule gets a little too busy for us again. But I'll, I'll have to check my schedule, but I hope to be available. All right, well, gentlemen, thank you, and uh, we'll talk again next week. Okay, now joining me, the fourth guest of the night, longtime listener of the pod, multi-time contributor, friend of the program, one might even say. He uh, he may have some disagreements about that, but Deep Dish is back with us. Deep Dish, how are we doing tonight, my man? I, I'm doing good, Wally. Uh, friend of the program's up for debate. I feel slighted that you, T-Man, and H-Man, all Flyers fans, um, decided to go through the entire Eastern Conference and not mention the New Jersey Devils a couple episodes ago. And... Uh, I'm going to move on from that, but probably more in question off the fact that I called in, had a rather aggressive rant, and in typical Flyer fan fashion, you just buried that and never put it on the pod. I I mean, how disrespectful could you get? And then you have the nerve to basically do a makeup call and invite me onto the pod to talk (laughs) golf this week. I will will cop to the fact that you did, in fact, send in a, a phone message. The problem was, I think you sent it in on a Friday night at about 10.30. I listened to it drunk, laughed at my ass off at it, listened to you bitch about the devil's not getting any play, and then totally forgot about it. And I believe at one point you were sending me messages uh, pretending that your phone didn't work when I was trying to te- text you about other things. My phone may have been out of service for a day or two. <laughs> Anything else you want to get off your chest about the the Devils or the NHL or the Flyers before we dive into some golf? 
I, I have one comment on the flyer. So just to kind of explain how petty you guys are and pathetic, you guys complain about Chuck Fletcher. Oh, he needs to go. He needs to go. The guy gets fired and Danny Briere's name interim GM for no more than 24 hours. And you guys are already bitching about him. The guy hasn't been able to do a thing. That said, I mean, I think uh, his kid went out and made some noise and maybe proved that maybe it's not the best stock to be working with. Yeah, but you know what? That's that's his kid. That's not him. Maybe uh, maybe he wasn't the greatest father. I can't say, but <laughs> doesn't mean he's going to be a bad GM. I think uh, I think the the Gordon brothers would uh, would play on the angle that maybe it's just organizational rot from top to bottom. And it just, they all need to go. Yeah, I mean, the whole organization's <laughs> pathetic, including the fans. <laughs> Man, you are, uh, you're salty about this. I've never liked the Flyers or their fans, and, and you guys just gave me more of a reason and a reminder as to why that is. Well, glad we could have you on to lighten the mood so much after I had to deal with the Place Brothers just before, so... Well, I'm sorry you had to deal with that. You know, that's a different. I bring it on myself. I bring it on myself. But uh, let's do it. Let's talk what I, I uh, what I brought you here for. Let's talk some golf. So before we get to the the big news, did you watch any of the Valspar? I watched a little bit on Sunday, but that was about it. With with that field, I can't say I really carved out some time to tune in. Yeah, about the same. I watched probably the back. I don't. Know, I wouldn't even say the back nine. Maybe like the last five or six holes. Sunday when Spieth was imploding again, I uh, I thought going into the day that was his tournament to win, and then he just absolutely blocked one off the face of the earth out into that water on, what, 16? Yeah, on 16. I think it started down the middle of the water about 30 yards right of the fairway and was working right from there. He made a hell of a bogey. It, it was a phenomenal bogey, um, and I think he even called Greller off to say, hey, no, I'm just going to lay up to here versus going for the green. So mm-hmm. good on him to, to manage that. Um, he was kind of the main reason I tuned in more because I just was, you know, curious to see if he would implode again, which I won't say he imploded because he kind of held it together, but he certainly didn't go out and run away with the tournament either like we probably want him to. No, I, uh, I'm i sticking to my Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, back nine duel at Augusta here in a couple weeks. I'm sticking to that. Okay. I, uh, I don't see it. I don't know. I, I shouldn't dislike Jordan Spieth and I don't want to dislike Jordan Spieth. The more I watch him, the more I dislike him because he is just the whiniest person. Like you can say Tyrell Hatton's a, a whiny person. Tyrell's at least entertaining. Jordan's just annoying. I can see that. I'm a fan of the guy, but I, I definitely get why everybody, like, if anyone dislikes him, I make no bones. I'm like, yeah, that can be right. really fucking annoying. And, like, I'm not going to complain and be like, no, 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 you're not getting it. Like I said, I, I want to like him and feel like I should like him. And I think he's good for the game, no, no question. He just finds ways to make me feel the other way. Yeah. I get you there. I get you there. So, this was something that happened this week that you and I, I think, are on complete opposite sides of. Oh. The USGA and RNA have announced that they're 
they have to go through like a comment and like feel out process, but they have the intention to roll back the ball for the pros and other high level amateur tournaments, such as like the USAM and things like that. I believe the, the stated goal is for 2026. And I know we were texting and you said very much not in favor. Why don't you just lead us off? Yeah, I, I think the rollback is just dumb, meaningless. Um, when was players or a team being too good in an issue in sports, right? Even if everybody hates someone because <laughs> that team is good or, or that player is good, it gives people a reason to tune in. And I, I just think you're, you're, as you know, people have said, you're making a problem that doesn't exist. I will say, I should rephrase what I said. I'm not on the complete opposite side of you. I get that argument to a certain extent. That obviously this this huge leap in distance is not strictly equipment-based. The players are bigger. uh, They swing faster. They're stronger. They're more athletic. They've fine-tuned how to gain speed and things like that. So... Obviously, this isn't just ball-related or just clubhead-related or anything like that. But I fall in the camp of when is it going to stop? Because players are going to keep hitting it longer. Like, what are we going to do? Just play every golf course is going to be 8,500 yards, and the only way to get a you know a middle iron into the player's hands is to have 550-yard par, par fours, and then every par five's got to be like 650, 700 yards. Like, What's the answer to that if they don't do something? Yeah, I, I get that. I guess my my thoughts would be is like at the end of the day, the tournament isn't one with the driver. And, and at the same time, I think long drives sell. That's that's one thing that anybody who doesn't know golf can go there and understand is that guy hit the ball hard and it went far. Um, you know, and the question I would ask is like, what does the game of golf gain off of rolling back the golf ball? Because I struggle to see what that really is. I think it could bring back some courses into play that maybe have gotten overtaken over the years. Places like a Marion. Um, I think we saw like last year at the U.S. Open at St. Andrews. That place just got torched, and it took six hours to get around the place because everything's a fucking drivable par four. So I, I do see that maybe as a benefit. I I get what you're saying about, you know, chicks dig the long ball. Like, it's cool to see, like, how far the ball goes when, you know, you're playing similar. And I, I don't like this argument that, oh, we can play the same stuff the pros play. And Justin Thomas, like, went on a little bit of a rant about that. And somebody put up a good, like, retort to that. Um, funny enough, the guy was called Glute Activator. Justin Thomas was playing uh, a custom-made set of Titleist irons that were one-of-one. Nobody else had them. A one-of-one prototype Scotty Cameron putter and custom-grind wedges that were not available to the public until just this year. So I think there has been some equipment like bifurcation, you know, is the the buzzword. I think that's kind of already been happening between, like, what the pros play and, like, what the AMs play. So I just do kind of see this as like the next evolution of that. Well, first off, 
I'm a Justin Thomas fan from way back, so getting me to go against anything that JT says <laughs> isn't going to happen. Um, and he acknowledged that there, there's club differences, certainly. Um, I, I, I lean on the side of it's probably better for sales if somebody can go into the store and better for the industry if they can go buy the ball <laughs> that their favorite golfer plays. So I think from a business side, as a manufacturer like Akushnet issuing their statement, I think it makes sense from the business side for those manufacturers for it to be the same ball. Um, I get that a hundred percent. Like the people who are going to take this one, really take it on the chin is, you know, a Kushnet titleist, you know, Taylor made Cal, like the, like those guys are going to have to de- put tons of money into R and D to make new balls for their pros. So yeah, these guys are going to eat it. Yeah. And I just, I don't really see this being a solution. Okay. They roll the golf ball back and then, Okay, these guys still hit a mile. They still torch all these courses, and okay, so what's what's the next thing we're gonna do? We're gonna we're gonna roll back the drivers, you know. So I just I think it's a slippery slope of like we do this, and then what they expect to happen or want to happen doesn't happen, and next thing you know, we're back to playing a lot of balls for Simon Woods on the PGA Tour. I get that aspect because I think this is probably a temporary solution. Like, this happens, the driving distance gets rolled back 20, what's it, 15 or 20 uh, yards, like they're thinking. And I think guys are going to figure out how to start hitting it a yard farther and a yard farther. And in 20 years, they're going to be hitting it as far with the new equipment as they are now. So I I get the slippery slope argument, but I, I am very sympathetic to, like, something had to be done. I mean, if you look at 20 years ago, John Daly led the the PGA Tour in driving distance at 306 yards. The last, um, I mean, ever since 2018, it was Rory McIlroy, 319, Cam Champ, 317. uh, Two years in a row of Bryson, 322 and 323, and then Cam Champ again, 321. Like, it's vastly different. And, like, it's, a lot of it has been the golf ball. I mean, if you look, the Pro V was introduced right around like the turn of the millennium, like 2000. If you go back five years before that, John Daly in 2000, John Daly led the tour driving distance 301. Five years before 96, it was 288. And so I think my biggest concern just as in a roundabout way of getting through all this is that there's just going to be a point where golf courses are going to have to be like 8,500 yards at the, at the track we're on. And I don't know if that's great for the game. And it's definitely not great for courses trying to do that. It costs more money. It takes more time. It makes rounds longer. It it makes people play from spots they shouldn't be playing from. So I I understand the sentiment in wanting to do something. Now, I'm not sold that it's the complete right thing, but I'm open to to seeing what happens. Yeah, again, I just think, I think you're penalizing these guys for being too good, and I don't think that's good for anything. And the other piece is they're making these decisions, right, because there's, what, 1% of the guys that have recorded a swing above their 120-mile-per-hour testing threshold. Mm -hmm. So, like, what about the guys like Kevin Kisner, Brian Harmon, who you went on to talk about a couple weeks ago, or or Zach Johnson from back in the day? Like, what do those guys do, right, when they can't? I they think fairways if, if they roll the ball back. I think, um, well, I mean, I think you see the courses adjust to it. I mean, I don't think the game looks 
drastically different. Grant, I don't fucking know. But I think I did see a study when they talked about, like, this has been, you know, rolling the ball back's been a, a topic for a while. I did see a study that, like, it hurts the shorter drivers more than it hurts the longer drivers. Like, the dis- the disparity gets bigger, actually, as the, they roll the ball back to a certain percentage. So I definitely see some of the the problems associated with this. So I, I'm not... I said that we're on complete opposite sides. I don't think we're on complete opposite sides. I think we've, we're on divergent paths, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I think if there was more info and you, you could ex- they could explain, like, how it's going to impact the game and what we're going to see a little bit better, I, I could maybe understand a little more. But right now, it's just, like, it makes no sense to me. And then there's also the question of, like, everything going on in PGA Tour versus Liv, this and that. You get some of those guys, they're just like, let's say Liv says, hey, we're not going to use these rules and some of these guys are just like, you know what the hell with this? I'm just going to go over there and hit the ball around, hit it far and, and go make my money. Now, if we're going to make this more complex than it needs to be out here. So I, I, I don't think their timing's good either with what's going on. Do you think Liv would adopt it? No, I think they'd use it as a selling point to those guys that they don't have to change their equipment. Yeah. I, I'm in the same boat that I think they'd roll with it too and be like, we're not trying to, you know, rein back you guys. We want to see the best players in the world hit the longest drives and, and mash it. I think the only thing that could be a catch is that uh, because the people who would adopt it would be all like the people on the OWGR board, you know, the majors, the PGA Tour, they'd be like, well, that's how you can't get OWGR points if you're using without using the rolled back balls. Yeah, I mean, the other side is, you know, if the majors keep the stance of what guys can play. Then what they change balls for a week, or so you're gonna have guys playing both balls over there. So, but I, I don't think Liv would adopt it because I mean everything they do is about flash and flare, and the long ball is gonna be a big part of that. Speaking of Liv, as we're kind of doing a little golf state of the union here, you watched any Liv this year? I flipped it on. I didn't watch any of this last one. The first one I flipped on Sunday for like 15 minutes and was like, eh, it's just not doing it for me. Have they had an event? They've had two this year now, so I'm I'm guessing that means you haven't watched any. <laughs> I haven't watched or even looked into it. Um, I think Danny yeah, Lee just won this last week. Nice. I, I wouldn't say I'm like I'm not like a against live person. I think you know live is what it is, and I understand why a lot of guys went there. But yeah, I just I, I haven't watched a, a ton of golf to to begin with, unless it's been you know one of the designated events or whatever. It is, but uh, yeah, no, no live for this guy. What uh, since you mentioned the designated events? What do you think about the designated events going no cut next year? I don't like that. Um, I think I don't know. I, I think the the cut right, like for as a fan, it gives me a reason to watch on Thursday and Friday, and and there's you know somebody that does fantasy golf and, and bets some golf, like it's <clears throat> it's a sense of excitement that wouldn't be there otherwise yeah i'm with you and i don't i don't agree with people like oh yeah it's just like live now like there's still a way for like people to play into it that isn't there in the live but yeah even if you just cut like i think they're gonna have like 75 people like even if you cut it down to 50 like the masters invites a lot like 85 people they cut that down to 50 for the weekend like can you just do that and then the pace of play would work way better too which is would be a nice touch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, the, the no 
Final Cut thing's been around forever, right? Not all the WGCs have, mm-hmm. have never had it. But I don't think we need whatever it is, eight eight plus events a year with with no cut. I mean, those events are exciting to watch because there's so much firepower. And now all of a sudden, if I want to see an event with a cut, I got to watch you know a field that's half bottom of the PGA Tour and half corn fairy. The Corral, the Corrales Putacana Open is what you got to watch to see a cut. Yeah, like at that point, I mean, just put like. <clears throat> the Latin American PGA on that I can find some up and comer they get behind or something. Cause at least then it's like, I don't know who this guy is, but he's playing good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you, uh, you watch any of the full swing stuff on Netflix? Any, anything to take any takeaways there? Yeah, I did. I, uh, I watched the whole thing relatively quick. Um, I liked it. You know, it took a couple episodes for me to, settle in how they did it. I guess I was looking for it to be a little more chronological, but I think breaking it down by like each player was good. And I think there was some, you know, new fans. And I know all of us that play golf and talk about the, the cut comments and such. But if you look at it from the lens of like somebody that really wasn't in the golf, you know, the, the cut's a big thing. Graham were apparently taking it away now. But I was going to um, say they, they, they were going to lose like 20 minutes of, of, uh, of content now. Yeah, but no, I, I thought it was really good. Um, you know, I, I think I would like to see in the next season um, more behind the scenes of, of the work that those guys mm-hmm. put in, right? Always understand, like, why they hit it so far, why they're so good. You saw a little bit here, brief things of, of them doing, working out with their plyo guy before, doing some stretching and a little bit of weightlifting. But I'd love to see a good, like, yeah, I mean, I, I could watch a couple hours of guys practicing, but in general, like 10 to 15 minutes, right. Make it informative in that way for the average golfer. Like, Hey, this is what these guys are doing and have somebody walk through and, you know, it's not a full seminar or anything like that, but give these guys some, some breadcrumbs that they can apply the third time at the golf course. I thought two of like kind of the coolest things. There was like a, they did a little bit of that in the, in the Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth episode. They were on like the range with JT. And he was yeah. talking to his dad. And he's like, my hand positions, I hate it when it feels here. And they're like reading off some of like the, the the flight track numbers. And like, I thought that was really cool. And they talked about how Matt Fitzpatrick like records all his shots and everything. And like how he does. I thought those were really cool. My other uh, couple big takeaways were Matt Fitzpatrick kind of grew on me. I never used to like him. But after the episode, I was like, I kind of can get behind this guy. Uh, this, the, the Thigala episode was a real, you know, really pulled at the heartstrings. And my big takeaway was I've never been a Brooks Kepka guy. And this was a complete step in reaffirming that I don't like him and that Dustin Johnson is who Brooks Kepka really wants to be, but he just is totally a different dude. Like Dustin Johnson, I got like, he really doesn't care. Like, I don't think he gives a shit. And Brooks Kepka wants to tell everybody he doesn't give a shit, but like deep down that dude cares so much and wants to play golf so well and like be acknowledged for how good he is, but like tries to be like, I don't care. I don't even fucking practice. Like, all right, dude. Yeah. I, I've never been on the Kepka train. I didn't do much for me. Honestly, the, the one of the things that was tough for me is like, again, big, big JT guy. So like you gave me what I wanted right out of the gate. So like, there was just a little bit of letdown as it went on after I got what I was looking for. <laughs> um, the other thing I think that would be cool is like, 
obviously we saw those guys at home and stuff, but like you know, seeing some of the stuff they do off the course, right? Like all these guys fish and grand, I like to fish, but just some of the other stuff they, they do. You know, what's what's an off day look like other yeah. than just sitting in the house? Yeah, I think the only off days you saw were like they had a couple people like watching the golf tournaments and it's like, well, that's that felt pretty staged. Like it was like, why don't you watch the golf tournament here this week and react to what people are doing for us? So um, that's mostly what I had. I did see this on the internet. Tell me if you've seen this. It's a theory that Judge Smales is actually the good guy in Caddyshack. I have not seen that. I'm, I'm not sure I can get behind it, though. It's uh, a couple of the things where, um, Dan, Danny's the caddy, right? Danny, yeah, yeah. Danny Noonan. Danny Noonan's trying to bang his niece. He's trying to bang his niece, like, in his bedroom. He's, Danny Noonan turns on him in the middle of the match, betrays him. Uh, Ty Webb has lied to him his whole life about how his father was his friend and he was his friend, and then he backstabs him. My man's just trying to play a, a nice casual golfer, a round of golf, and uh, what's-his-face shows up and it starts disturbing the piece. I saw it on a, uh, I saw it on a reel out there and uh didn't know if you uh maybe it hit home with you as well i i hadn't seen it i i definitely understand what you're saying but but yeah i i, I think it was we're not gonna we're bert, not gonna make danny turn out to be a bad guy <laughs> it's I just not gonna happen it was bert kreischer was on was confused breakfast apparently was the podcast so check it out and then just get back to me in the coming weeks to uh to see what you think okay. about it it's a, a wild one to begin with, so let's just take take the source in, on this one. <laughs> yeah, any dude who just constantly walks around with the shirt off is maybe not the best source of everything. So. Yeah, don't get me wrong, that guy's entertaining, but I, I'm not counting on him for any good intel. Uh, Dish, anything else? Anything we missed on? Any? You gotta, why don't you do that? Why don't you mas- give us a couple Masters picks while we're here. We're only a couple weeks out from the Masters. Masters picks. So, Cam Smith, I mean, you can't write that dude off. I, I don't know how he's playing because I don't watch Liv, but I'm not going to write off that either. Um I want your, your Rory speech, potentially. I, I I would like to see Rory win at Augusta, um, complete the Grand Slam, and just kind of beat the demons. Um I mean, how do you not say Scotty Scheffler? But I'm going to go Cam Smith, Justin Thomas, because you got to go JT. I don't think that and place fits him at all. Have you seen that dude's trap draw? I mean, he granted, he can sling one way down there on 10, but now that the, I don't know, maybe it ma- maybe that uh, play will matter more that they move the T way back on 13. Yeah, and then uh, not really a, a sleeper, but maybe an outlier. I'm going to go with Cam Young, the New York boy. He just picked up uh, Webb Simpson's caddy. Did he? Yeah, Webb Simpson. I just saw that. Yeah, he uh, they split, and he's going to Cam Young. Huh. Cousin to my college golf coach. No shit. Yeah, never met the dude, but there was a relation there. How about it? All right, I like those. I'm sticking with my picks. I'm going to drop them. I'm dropping them in the fantasy golf pool, too. Rory and, and Jordan Spieth. I'm I'm gonna manifest it. 
I've been going back and forth picking those guys for for years. So I'm just I'm sticking to it. I'm manifesting it, and we're gonna roll with that. Okay. Dish, I do have a oh. another thought, by the way. Yep, hit me. It's rumored that Tom Izzo has put an APB out for Zach Place. <laughs> Zach Place was calling for him to get fired. And the the listeners will know this. You uh you don't know this as we're recording, but uh he has continued on the Tom Izzo is gonna get fired tracked. He says he's now uh gonna need a sexual sexual harassment or uh just a hitting a player incident to happen to make that come true. But he's he's sticking to it. Right. So, you know, last yeah, year I'm last not, I'm not buying that one. No. I'm not buying I, I'm not sure he was on the chopping block to begin with. <laughs> and if he was, I don't know that he could still be. Yeah, I mean, last year, I mean, this is a step up for place because last year he put a hit out on the life of Sister Jean. And this year it was just on someone's job. So we're moving in the right direction for the kid. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. And, and the most innocent of people in Sister Jean, he called for her life. He did. He did. And then... <laughs> I went back and actually listened to the pod. So the first NCAA pod last year, he called for the hit. The second pod of the NCAA, he was dancing on her grave. He's like, anyone see Sister Jean around this weekend? So he was he was going hard. In our group text, he took credit for Loyola not being in the tournament. This he year. sure did. That was what he was doing. He sure did. So, God, it's, yeah, always, it's cool. always fun to do some Zach Place batching. Yeah, yeah. So, how much does this putt break? Is the question. <laughs> I may have to add a new segment. How much does this putt break by Zach Place? The problem is he doesn't have the fucking answer to it because he's always asking that. No, he he knows it. He knows it. He can read the greens. Oh God! Well, deep dish. I thank you, sir, for joining us. Hopefully, uh, you've you've ended your hit on the uh, the the old Walls House podcast and are back to being a faithful fan and listener and contributor to the show. Yeah. Um, to be determined, I still haven't seen a Venmo in response to the devils beating the flyers. What, what was the score of that game? It was a lot to a little, it was like seven, two or something. No, I think it was zero. Oh, okay. I uh, it's it hard to keep track of the fucking flyers beatdowns. So it just smoked the Sabres last week. Yeah, I uh, T Man actually texted that he was. I think he was going to roll a. He had a couple wins from the NCAA tournament that he was going to roll into the Sabers, and then of course the the Flyers decided to win a game. So life yeah, of a so Flyers fan. Breer doing his job already. They're t- taking the team <laughs> he ended his career with and smoking the team that he made his career with. Oh God, we are. Uh, we're going to cut you off there. There's there's no more bashing the Flyers on this podcast anymore. I'm 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 cutting you off. I'm cutting you off. Danny Briere is the only classy person involved in that organization. All right, that's enough. Deep Dish, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This was the the great and wonderful Danny Deep Dish Edwards. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Wally. Have a good one. So I'm just gonna hit you guys with an everything else segment of the podcast. It's kind of gonna be passing thoughts. It's gonna kind of cover some. Some fighting, some other stuff. So, um, just gonna do that because I, I mean, we've done enough talking in this pod. Don't want to make it forever. So, 
And there's not a ton else to say. I watched a lot of college basketball this weekend. I, I posted up. I drank a lot of beer. I watched a lot of college basketball. Like, there wasn't a whole else lot going on in my life. So I did not end up getting the UFC. I followed along on Twitter. And I don't remember who all I picked. Picked Vittori. He won. I think I picked Casey O'Neill. Yeah, she was undefeated. Go Gunnar Nelson or Brian Barbarina. Hmm. Don't remember who I picked there. I picked Gaethje and I picked Kamar Usman. I thought Usman was going to win that thing going away. Leon Edwards wins. Does he get a little bit of, you know, the home cooking? The home cooking over there in London? Never know. I didn't see it, so I don't know. But he uh, he retains, and still, he beats Kamara Usman. It's, it'll be very interesting to see what happens with Kamara Usman next. His knees are bad, and after being just an absolute murderer, murderer in the division, in the welterweight division, it's always funny what one big knockout can do to somebody. It can really alter the directions of people's careers. And it'll be fun to see how he reacts to that and if he is going to be able to get back. The discussion is next fight is going to be Colby Covington and Leon Edwards. Give me that, please. I I am admittedly a stan for Colby Covington. I think he's great. I think his shtick is fucking hilarious. I'm all about that. So just fire that up. I'm all in. I am all in for that one. Uh, next big card, there's a Saturday. Actually, this Saturday is going to be fun. Marlon Vera and Corey Sanhagen in just the UFC on ESPN cards. That should be a fun fight. Holly Holm is in the co-main. There is no way I'm trying to pronounce that chick's name. Just look that up. Her first name's Yana. I can say Yana. Uh, Macy Barber down the card. So decent little, uh, decent little Saturday, early Saturday card. I love that they start at six. It's so funny. I don't know if I'll watch it because there's college basketball on, but I always bitch about start times. And funny enough, the, one of the, the few UFC cards that starts at a reasonable time because it's, you know, it's in London. So you get the, you get the 4 PM main card start. I don't get it because they match it up against college basketball. I would have been way more likely to watch this fight and buy this fight if it had happened at night while there was less college basketball going on. Like if it would have started at the usual time, it would start nine central. There would have just been one game kind of getting to the second half. I think like one game finishing up one game, getting to the second half and then a game just starting. So I could have like kept an eye on everything, but they, uh, they started right, right, right in the middle of all the college basketball. So, uh, yeah, that was something. So, Kamara Usman does not regain the title. I I was, I thought that was, I thought I was a dead ringer for that. So, um, yeah, that's what you get for, if you listen to me. That's what you get if you listen to me. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, he was on Pat McAfee. He said he's has every intention of playing football next year. For the New York Jets. It is not a done deal in the least <clears throat> by the sounds of it. 
the Packers and Jets still have to figure out what who's going to be traded for what. It doesn't sound like the Packers are going to get get a huge haul for this. Like the it seems virtually impossible that it's two firsts or a first and a second. And you have to wonder as this drags on a little bit, are they going to get a first? As history repeats itself in this situation, 15 years after Brett Favre was traded to the Jets, after a young first-round draft pick was in waiting for three years, that man Aaron Rodgers himself, of course, the Packers only got a conditional fourth that turned into a third round. The Favre-Rogers situations are a little different. Favre was, like, ready to retire, and they kind of brought him back, and then he was ready to retire, and then he wanted to send some dick pics and leave some voicemails when he got to New York. But So it's slightly different, but you'd have to imagine that if the Jets were offering a first, this thing would be a done deal. Just, Just a thought. So it'll be very interesting. It's interesting who holds the, you know, who holds the cards here. Obviously, the Jets have made it known they want him. So there's some disadvantage there. They're like, we want him. Like, do the Jets have to pony up to go get him? But in the same token, the Packers have made it known they don't want him. They're ready to move on. So why would the Jets pony up for it? And then there's the cap situation. He's owed like $60 million. Is he going to renegotiate some of that? I don't even know if he can. I think this drags out for at least a couple more weeks and might drag out towards the draft. I don't think the Packers want to wait until after the draft. Like, I think they want that pick this year. Try and surround Jordan Love with as much talent for these next two years as humanly possible while he's still on the rookie deal. Final year of his rookie deal and then the, the, the club option for the fifth year in these next two years. So yeah, it's it's the Jordan Love era in Green Bay. We have moved on to that. There's already reports that Aaron Jones, Romeo Dobbs, and Christian Watson have headed out to California to start to, to work out with Jordan Love. Maybe that's a good sign. Uh, I'm I'm not very hopeful. I'm not going to lie to you. I think we're in for some rough years as Packers fans, those of us who are Packers fans out here in the world. It uh it could get dicey. I I'm I will readily admit I am not a believer in the Jordan Love experience. Just my feelings, just my feelings. I uh I, I just don't know, man. I'm just, I don't know. I'm not a believer. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. <clears throat> what else did I have to, to talk about here? Well, I got a burger press. I got one of the press things for my, my smash burgers I was talking about. That makes it nice. I was using a pan and it just didn't look right. Oh, this This was heartbreaking. Barstool tweeted, imagine telling Packers fans in 2011 that Aaron Rodgers would never play in another Super Bowl for them. And it's the picture of him holding Lombardi. Clay Matthews is behind him. 
He's got the, the belt, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship belt over his shoulder, the big gold belt. Used to be WCW Championship. That image. I mean, I remember watching that night, and I was like, oh, man, we're going to start reeling them off. We're going to do this again next year. The team's going to get healthy, and they went 15-1 and that next year and then lost to the fucking Giants. <sighs> it's rough. It's rough. So I make it kind of this... <laughs> This uh, this tradition of mine to drink my beer out of these plastic uh, cups that I have in my house. I don't know why. It's amazing how much worth. It's like a plastic cup you'd get in a bar. It's not like a solo cup, but it's like a plastic cup you get at a bar if they had like an event and they knew they were gonna have a ton of people and they weren't doing glasses, but they like got like they're like hard thick plastic. It somehow makes light beer taste worse. I mean, I love light beer as much as the next guy, but somehow drinking out of those, I only do it for so long because I'm like, it makes the fucking light beer taste worse than it is. It's incredible. But yeah. Uh, this I got a couple, a couple of like random things. First of all, someone I know was talking about boneless wings. Boneless wings are chicken tenders. Just order chicken tenders. They'll be cheaper. They'll probably be better. Just order chicken tenders. If you're going to order wings, order wings, guys. Real wings. Wings have bones. Don't order chicken tenders. I'll tell you one thing I am a sucker for after I just absolutely annihilated people for eating shitty food. I love a good old-fashioned, just plain-ass spaghetti and meatballs with frozen meatballs. And hell, I'm totally fine with store-bought sauce. The roommate makes a great sauce, but I- I'm totally fine with just basic ass store bought sauce, store bought frozen meatballs, and just you know as basic shit as it gets. I love that. There's nothing wrong with that in my eyes. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So I think that's all I've got. I think that's all I've got, guys. Let's uh. Let's go bring this thing home. What do you say? Closing time, everybody. Let's wrap this thing up. I want to send out a big thank you. A big thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you very much. I appreciate everyone. I forgot to say this at the top of the show. I appreciate all you. Thank you guys for coming back. It means a lot to me that you guys are taking part in this, uh, this little ride we're on here. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you to our guests. Thank you to Zach Place. Thank you to Big Daddy Nick Place. Thank you to Bucky Appley. Thank you to Deep Dish. Maybe we've uh, maybe we've patched up with Deep Dish and he's not going to, you know, spurn the pod anymore after he, he felt so wrong. So thank you guys, everybody. We'll be back next week. Hopefully we got the whole crew back to talk uh, NCAA. Hopefully we do better than we've been doing. So uh, we'll be back next week for that. There'll be the match play. We'll have plenty of other nonsense to talk about. So we will, uh, we'll see y'all next week till then. Peace. Peace.